So welcome to Decapod, where every week we discuss pop culture across different decades, and we are currently covering the 1990s. However, we have got a very special treat for you today. Um, we are going to be talking about all about the latest blockbuster, which is Spider-Man No Way Home. How much are you looking forward to this, Emma Morgan? Oh, it's, it's, I did not sign up for a fucking Spider-Man episode. Uh, I thought we were doing season two of Friends tonight. Like, what? No. No, 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 no. It's not even the 90s. Yeah, well, but, so, are you refusing to do Spider-Man? I think I am, yes. I'm not in, I'm sorry. No, not doing it. Um, It appears that the enigmatic, charismatic superstar host of the show has uh, abandoned me, and you're left with a psychic sidekick. I need to go and find someone else that's enigmatic, charismatic, and also some kind of legendary superhero status. Hang fire. So in dark times, in troublesome times, someone needs to step up. Someone needs to step up as a hero, as my saviour, as my, basically, my Spider-Man. And that man is John O'Poon. How are we doing, John Hey, Terry. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being my hero in this time of need. Um, and, and what better place to step in as a hero than when we are talking about the latest Spider-Man film, Spider-Man 3, if you like. Um, and this is a spoiler-free version, uh, so no way home. Uh, so I just, first of all, want to throw you kind of the open question of, of what were your thoughts on the film? Well, my thoughts on the film was I, I had... I kind of had some sort of expectations, but I, I know that we shouldn't, or you know, we shouldn't have expectations, you know, because it always leads to disappointments. So I tried to keep my expectations as minimum as possible, which meant when there was trailers out, I tried not to watch them. But you know, you just sometimes you can't help yourself to, just to watch them, just see what what's it about, and what to look forward to in some things. Um, there was a few spoilers that came out during that period before the movie released. And I was like, when you hope that you unsee something you didn't see, <laughs> but it's just like, I saw it now. It's fine. Let's just plow on. Let's just keep moving forward with it. But overall, the, the movie was a, a massive 10 out of 10 for me. I gave it a hundred out of 10 to be fair, <laughs> but, um, that was my personal opinion. Again, this is my experience, my thoughts on it, my take. I loved it. It was on top of the Marvels as well as Shang-Chi uh, for me, being Chinese-Asian representation. Shang-Chi was massive for us. But this Spider-Man was just topping it. Like the filming, the, the storyline, the twist, the plot, everything. Like the way they synced the storyline together how they told the story the emotions was very strong the emotional connection was very strong in this one shang chi lacked a bit of emotional connection i would say uh from my experience i just couldn't connect with some of it as much emotionally but with this one in in no way home the emotion was spot on i believe the music definitely helped with how they, you know, built it up, built up the scene and stuff. But it definitely had me crying a few times, uh, which was 
something that you don't really expect in Spider-Man. Like sometimes, I suppose some scenes you can, but this one's a bit more emotional for me. I don't know why. Maybe it's the attachment that's built up with the characters over time and development uh, throughout the other movies, the previous movies, the previous two or others. Um, But, you know, you really got to see how, I suppose, Tom Holland developed the character throughout his growth in the MCU universe, Um, how he grew as an actor, but also how he grew Peter Parker into who the Spider-Man is today in the movie uh, and who he has become. And it's 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 a great way to it's a great story. It's a great movie. Uh, absolutely loved it. If you haven't watched it already, highly recommend you watch yourself watch it now like, as soon as possible, well as safe as, as safely as possible. But yeah, I've absolutely enjoyed it, man. <laughs> um, I just before I come on to the Spider Man, I wanted to touch back on something you said then about Shunchi. Because I found it really interesting because you mentioned then about uh, it was a sort of a great film for us. You know, you spoke about the Eurasian descent and a meaning from that sense. It's weird because I've never really looked at it that way. Because I think this is, you know, I'm a stereotypical white dude. All films are made for me. You know, it's that type of thing. So I I obviously saw it from a different perspective of you looking at Shang-Chi. But I, I massively agree what you were saying there. And there wasn't that emotional connection. And I think that that's, that was twofold. And, and I think emotion is the right word that you use there. Because I think Shang-Chi, that was the his first introduction into this Marvelverse. So you're getting to know the character. And is obviously a, an older character, not older, it's old, older in age of the actual character. Whereas when um, uh, Tom Holland's Peter Park comes in, he is literally a kid, and Tom Holland looks like a kid playing him when that first was it? Um, oh, what was it? What was the first, the first Civil film? War? Yeah, Civil War's Homecoming. He should. Yes, he was, but I think in the name of the Spider-Man. Oh, Homecoming's the first one he came as, his own solo movie, right? Yeah, and it it looks like a baby. So you you almost get that emotional, you want to look after him straight away. But but I think the other thing is going right back to when I was a kid, you know, I I used to read the Spider-Man comics when I was a kid. They were the only comics I read, well, I used to read Spider-Man and the Beano, Um, but it was Spider-Man. He's the one I've grown up with. Yeah. And I feel that he's the most I've got. He's the, probably the only comic book character I feel connected to. Mm-hmm. So, so right through for all the other incarnations, all the cartoons over the, the animated TV series, the other films into the Spider-Verse. And then, um, and then this, it's like, you just get the bonds, even for all the different incarnations of Peter Parker, you still feel connected to it. And I think this just felt like it almost felt like the end a little bit. Um, and yeah, I agree massively uh, with, with that word you used a few times, the emotion. The other thing I want to say, uh, I'm going to use my phrase because I use this online and it seemed to work, seemed to sync with a few people. You said 100 out of 10. I think it's better than boobs. That was my phrase. It is better than breasts and there's not much in the world that's better than breasts. So I will just like, yeah, I, I, and I would massively agree with you that it is um, highly recommended. Do you think I'm going to spin that slightly differently actually do you think there's anyone that shouldn't see this film do you think there's any type of person that wouldn't get a kick out of this film do you think you have to have seen the previous uh two spider-man films be a marvel fan or do you think it's suitable for anyone i think it's suitable for anyone of course there is the development of the character that if you didn't watch the previous two movies you there would be some things you probably wouldn't understand as much because this 
the third one pretty much follows on from the second one, right? And for those who's watched the second one, they'll understand what happened and how, you know, how he got to where he is at this stage of the movie. So I feel like it's a follow-on from the second one, in a way. So yes, I do feel like this could be a loss for some people who would just watch it, you know, first time watching a Spider-Man and watching the third one and not watch the previous two would be a bit of a shame, I would say, because you didn't get the the connection of the characters and the, the relationship with the characters as, as much as you would. But I still feel like this is a top film to watch regardless, even if you're a, a superhero fan or not a superhero fan. It's just the development of the story as well, um, how they s- told the story. But I think a lot of it was down to, again, this is a very heavy movie. If you look at it in a different perspective, is there's a lot of responsibility and leadership. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a leadership coach, so I talk about and I see things in a lot of leadership qualities and perspectives. It's a lot about responsibility. And it can be quite a heavy film if you look at it that way. And I felt there was many times in the movie where, you know, you got different things that we all feel as human beings, things like guilt, regret, um, you know, anger, frustration, rage, like all of this stuff that shapes who we are and our emotions. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of leadership learning and development that you could take away from the Peter from this from this movie itself about managing your emotions and managing your anger and frustrations but also there's a lot of things about yeah the deeper side of emotions that you can learn from um more about responsibilities and taking ownership of your actions your behaviors what you say what you do and really owning it and that's what you really learn from this Spider-Man movie um, in a different light. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd not necessarily looked at it from that stance, but I think you're right. The, and you use the, the, the key Spider-Man word there as well in responsibility. And um, but I think it, I think you're right. But I will just mention, actually, for anyone listening, that this, this section of the podcast is spoiler-free. We're not going into spoilers on this, uh, this film, No Way Home. However... And we may go into spoilers as we talk about some of the previous ones, because obviously this completes this trilogy. And Spider-Man, as you mentioned, was in Civil War, it was in Infinity War and in Endgame. Um, and if you've, you know, if you've watched Infinity War but haven't watched Endgame, then you can take a guess, a good guess that somehow we managed to survive. But so you've got those those six films. Um, there, like we said, it first appeared in, in Civil War, then he had uh, No Way Home, uh, sorry, Homecoming. Um, I forgot what the second one were called, but then we had uh uh, Infinity War, Endgame, and then this one. Do you feel that this kind of completes nicely uh, the arc of uh, of this Spider-Man? Yes, because a, he starts becoming his own Spider-Man. And for those who haven't watched the previous ones, he's more of a student still for, or, as becoming a superhero. But he's also still, you know, learning and developing f- under his mentor, which was Tony Stark for those, you know, as Iron Man, you know, he was his prodigy. He was his mentor. It was, it was still taking shape. But this now is more about Peter Parker becoming more independent as a superhero and as, a, you know, as himself as well, you know, as his own character. 
Yeah. I mean, one thing I loved about this film that, that kind of ties it up, and I suppose there's a hint of a spoiler in this, what I'm about to say now, but it's like the, the first two films, you um, they didn't play on the fact that he is this science genius. They didn't play on the fact that he's a, a technician, an engineer, that, that it was all based around him getting sort of stark technology and, and being part of the Avengers. It was all... That, that's where it came from. They didn't necessarily show you the origin story. But in this one, it does highlight that, oh, he does know all this science stuff. Again, I'm not going to go into specifics of it, but it kind of touches back on that. It reminds you, no, no, Peter Parker's a genius. He's and, still a kid in this one, right? Yeah. That's, still you know, he's kid. still just going to college. Like, he's still in his developing stages yeah. of his lifehood or adulthood. So how do you think Tom Holland has made this role his own? Because you mentioned about how he's different from the other Spider-Man, because like we say, there's been the comics, there's been animated series, there was obviously the original film years ago, which I'm desperate to get on Blu-ray or something, but you, you can't find it anywhere. And obviously we had the, 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 uh, the films a few years back. How do you think that, what stands out about this, do you think? Well, I think... For this one, he some things that people don't know is how uh, Tom actually got involved with some of the script writing and how he changed the ending because it didn't feel like the old one worked. So he got more involved with some of the directing, some of the script writing, and I suppose more involved in the franchise and as well as tying up, tying up uh, between two studios, right? Because there was talks about... You know, your politics between companies and all sorts of Sony versus Marvel and, you know, Tom leaving the MCU universe to go to Sony and or Sony's not allowing Marvel to direct any more Spider-Man films. You know, this film could may not even happen at some point. But Tom got his voice, he got the people together, he got the fans and he got the two studios talking to say, what if we could do this? Like, what if we just collaborated one more? Or what if we... Or even getting, I think, did he call um, the CEO of Disney? I don't know if it was him Bob. that called them or whether he kind of connected he, them somehow. He, he he got them another chance. Like somehow he called them when he was drunk or something. <laughs> <laughs> like he was doing things that behind the scenes that you wouldn't know unless he told you about it. But so, this may not have happened had he not intervened and interfered with company politics and you know all these big stuff that normally people wouldn't dare go into because you know sometimes they just think oh it's not it's not my area to say anything but because he's so passionate about the character he's so passionate about spider-man itself you know he's a lifetime childhood fan just like us you know when he was growing up and he basically stood he's he got his voice out and said he stood his ground and and again that's responsibility he's a if you think about Tom, he's he's still young. <laughs> like, but he's taking on these mammoth studios and saying, look, no, we need to do this. We need to give the fans what they want. Like the Spider-Man deserves this. This isn't about him. This is about Spider-Man as Spider-Man itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's interesting for me because the difference in people, right? Because when Tom Holland gets drunk, he rings the CEO of Disney. When I get drunk, I fall asleep on a wall, you know. <laughs> <laughs> of people. Um, what I will say as well, it's, it amuses me a little bit because my, my TikTok feed, I don't, I don't use TikTok often, but my TikTok feed is essentially dogs and Tom Holland. That, <laughs> that's my TikTok feed. Um, the other thing I want to touch on uh, is, is because it is a difficult movie to break down without going into spoilers. So 
you mentioned before about some of the trailers that come out and some of the things that were shown in the trailers. So if you haven't seen the trailers, you might want to switch off now. But the trailers that came out kind of they let us see, albeit briefly, the fact that Doc. Doctor Octopus come back, uh, the Green Goblin. We saw uh, Sandman and um, the Lizard. You know how how did you feel seeing that before the film? Did that entice you to want to see it more, or did it, or did you feel disappointed that you'd seen it and then you, it wasn't a surprise? To be fair, I actually liked the fact that they showed the villains. Because it gave me something to look forward to. And also for those who played the game as well. Yeah. <laughs> like you would have this like a nice strong connection with them because you feel like, oh wow, they're all together in a film. Usually you get like two or three, maybe, but you have all you know, all of like a lot of them. And you're just like, wow, I can't wait for all for him to try and fight all these people and see how he gets on. Like <laughs> That's just uh, for me. I I actually enjoyed that that they showed some of it. Yeah, so I wasn't too too fussed about that. No, I think I was the same. I think that I was glad they didn't show us a lot of it. They kind of showed us the, the entrances, but I just I think it in time. I mean, I'd have gone and seen it regardless, but it, it got me more excited to see it about that. And do you think that the uh, do you think it lived up to expectations in terms of those villains? Because they showed us five, I think, so they didn't show us the full Sinister Six. So did it live up to expectations? I wasn't too fussed. I wasn't too fussed whether it was a full six or not a full six. Like, it made no difference to me whatsoever. Um, I just, I was just glad some of, well, the people who played the original characters got um, got their time back onto the screen. And come back to showcase their work basically from 19 years ago or so like it's been t- a long time since they've got to re- you know, play the character again so it's great to see them as actors you know fulfill more of their role um another yeah you know, like i say probably a second chance <laughs> yeah yeah I, again i would agree uh, i think we're in agreement on a lot of stuff here because i i thought that they were all blind and i thought that they nailed it the performances and I don't think it would have worked if they hadn't brought the same characters back, or at least not worked as well. Uh, and I, I was excited to see it. It made me want to see it more, and I definitely wasn't disappointed. Um, I think that, I don't think there's a lot more we can cover there without going into spoilers. Is, is anything <laughs> I'm else? To keep as spoiler-free as possible. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to move on to that in a minute. But anything you want to touch on around the film, spoiler-free, or do you think we're ready to dive into that side of it? I think I covered most things I could say without spoiling it for the audience. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I, so I didn't realize how film how hard this film will be to discuss without going into spoilers. I don't ever think I've said the word spoilers as much. But if you do want to listen to the spoiler version, you're going to have to sign up to our Patreon account. Um, so head over to patreon.com forward slash decapod. You'll find a link in the show notes or wherever you find us on social media. We're going to go spoilerific over there and probably get a bit mushy. Um, but in fact, I'm going to ask you one question because I know the an- what the answer was for me, John. Uh, so I'm going to save mine till I've heard yours. How many times did you cry during the film? Probably about 
three or four times, I'd say. Yeah, I think I was four. Pretty sure it was four. Well, definitely three and one where I choked <laughs> up. So maybe three and a half. Um, <laughs> but a lot of laughter as well. I don't want people listening to get the impression that it's just a sad film. Like, I think you would use the word heavy. It is a heavy film. It's a, like you said, a massive burden of responsibility and power, potentially. You know, whatever. Um, but I think that there's a lot of happiness, and a lot of joy in the film as well. But yeah, before I move on to the the, the, the spoiler section, John, I just want to give us a, a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and where people can find you on the socials and so on. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm a leadership coach. I do work around self-awareness and inner leadership and relationship coaching. So a lot of my work is based upon emotional connections, um, built a lot of shadow work, um, very heavy, deep stuff, uh, as for those who know more about self-awareness. Uh, for you can find more about my work at limitbreaklifestyle.co.uk or you could find me at johnopin.com. Cool. Well, I'll put links for that in the show notes. Um, I will just mention this, actually. One of my goals 2022 is to work with 40 different people, even if only slightly, because... Um, I've got a goal of, because I'm 40 next year in 2022, so I want to work with 40 different people across next year. So I think you might make that list, John. Um, thank you. But uh, thank you for joining us, and thank you for anyone listening on the podcast. If you, As I said, if you do want to catch the spoiler version, head over to our Patreon site. If not, thank you for listening anyway, and give me some feedback, because usually we've obviously got the supreme host of the show, Morgan, that, that likes to steer the ship and be awesome, and I potter about just you know meandering, saying random words here and there. So let me know how I've done by myself, but thank you for listening and it's great to have you on board.